Hey, welcome to episode 71 of Tangible Takeaways. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to quote Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> yeah, my name is Mikey, and uh, we are going to have a great discussion specifically on how God has wonderfully and fearfully created you with your giftings. And I'm Landon, and I'm going to talk about the burden that you can and should bear. And I'm Kurt. I'm talking about how having a strong relationship links to strong accountability in your friendships and relationships. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Thanks so much for taking the time to be on, you guys. It's going to yeah, be fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. So we're in week two here of Mending Fences, um, which the first week we looked at more of this um, more of an understanding of shepherd and sheep. Jesus sees us as a flock, which means that there's kind of that expectation that we would interact with him in that kind of a relationship. But then this weekend we looked at, uh, that doesn't mean that everybody who is in the flock stays though, um, mm-hmm. that people stray, they leave. Um, so one of the main things that we looked at this weekend is we started off on this topic of doubt. Uh, we talked about how doubt is both significant to faith, Mm -hmm. but it's also significant to unbelief. So a question that I think would be helpful for people coming away from that is like, how do I know, how do I track if my doubt is leading me towards faith? And this is a good thing. This is a good doubt. um, Or is my doubt leading me to unbelief? How would I begin to kind of catch that at an early stage almost so that I could pick up on it and change course? Thoughts? Well, great. I, I laugh because it's, it's one of these hard questions because it's so thick. I think for me, doubt, one of the things that doubt um, has to be linked to is humility. Mm. I think when you see someone doubting and it's linked with pride, it's always a dangerous kind of signal that they're moving away from a healthy doubt to a unhealthy. Mm. Because if you doubt, it has to be linked with humility to know, I'm not sure what I'm doing here, but I lean into my faith. I'm leaning to God. And I know I am not the, the keeper of all answers. And so that humility is, I think, that that check. Because humility, if you don't have humility, doubt, I think it leads to a second issue, which would be conflict. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who go into doubt, I think, end up with that conflict of, I'm ruining relationships now because I'm so um, aggressive with my doubt that I'm burning bridges. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's very Christ-like. Um, doubt's really a healthy thing to work through. But I think when it becomes prideful and quarrelsome, mm. the result, even I was reading earlier in Timothy, you know, just in those passages of people who walked away from their faith, those were two qualities. They were prideful and they, were, they created quarrels and conflicts. Mm. So I think good doubt that leads to the right answers, and I think would probably be one that is, is aimed toward humility and, and looks at healing relationships, not breaking them. Yeah. That's really good. That's like good fruit for us to be looking for in our doubt of, okay, if I'm seeing pride and I'm seeing this division, then that probably means that doubt is not taking me towards faith, but probably unbelief. I think something that I've seen with with doubt, especially in this, the day, the modern era of social media and all the different things, or just the internet, you start searching for something. If you're searching for a specific bent on an answer, you're going to find that specific bent. Mm -hmm. Somebody has studied the scripture and come to the conclusion that it's not true, and somebody else has studied the scripture and come to the conclusion that it is true. And so if you enter this season of doubt without an objective mind, Mm -hmm. you're going to be heading one way or the other, Mm -hmm. typically, because it's out there. Mm -hmm. And so I think in those seasons of doubt, to truly 
take the, 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 the time to see both sides of whatever you're doubting to see which one can really uh, drive you to the right answer is, is a really important thing. A lot of people begin to doubt and then start searching that doubt and it drives them even further into their, their doubt. And I think that's where you can run into issues. So, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Like um, I'm thinking about a conversation I had with a, a young adult. Um, he's a, he's a believer now, but it was such a um, striking conversation when we first started it. We sat down to talk about some questions he was having in his faith. And he said, you know, honestly, Jackson, I just want to disprove all of this so that I don't have to be accountable to it. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's, Like, I appreciate you Mm -hmm. being honest, right? right? Like, I appreciate you being honest about the bias that you have coming into this. So the question then was, do you care more about the truth or more about, like, what you want out of this? And I do think there's something about that, um, like, doubting towards falsehood almost in some ways and doubting towards reality, right? If I can be real with myself, even as to why I have the doubts that I have, I probably don't have the purest motives behind all of my doubts. Some of it is, I just want to know the truth. Others of it is, is if this isn't true, I get to do X, right? So it's like, it opens up some doors for me that I would be interested in. And that drives some of my doubt. I don't think I'm going to find real answers to those things unless I say, I kind of don't want this to be true because then that means. And it was interesting to watch this guy's journey because it ultimately led him to faith. Mm. And I think it was because he was so real in that first conversation to say, no, I'm, I probably don't have doubts for all the purest motives. Right. So I think assessing why do I have the doubts that I have? And at the end of the day, it's just, it's just living in reality. Like they don't have to be pure motives, but to say, I have some pretty impure motives maybe yeah. as to why I'm doubting. But I think real people meet real Jesus. But if we're going to go around and pretend we're these, you know, almost crusaders of doubt, we've got all the purest intentions behind our doubt then we're probably never really going to get to the heart of the issue because we're not playing in reality to begin with. Yeah, yep. I think I think what Kurt said, um, I think living in, in humility, again, consideration for, for others above yourself, but at the same time, an honest uh, perspective of your current reality. I think the fact that he can articulate that, I want to say before his journey of faith and, and, and building on that, I think that, you know, his ability to articulate, but also to, to make a distinct um, difference between um, if it's this, you know, well then, then I'll be able to do this, but like, I'm, I don't want to be held accountable for these things that will implicate my life as a Christian. Yeah. I think a lot of times when we doubt, uh, if our doubts, um, isolate us or allow us into our own selfish desires, again, our, our, our motives, our impure motives and things like that. But if they draw us closer to like the word of God and community and accountability, um, then you would, those would be indicators of the fruit that will be of our lives. Like people like you in his life could probably speak you know, and have an impact rather than listening to, you know, someone who else is going to influence us and influence us in this world. And then, uh, and then him be left to his own desires. Yeah. yeah. Well, God even, I think reveals that to those people that are doing that. It's sometimes it's painful. I mean, I look at the rich young ruler in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I love the Lord God, all their heart, soul, mind, strength, love others. So, you know, I've kept those as a youth and then what else do I have to do? And God hits him on one of those areas that maybe he doesn't want to give up. Yeah. Mm. Kind of like your friend. I, yeah. I think God reveals, well, you sell everything. That's really not the answer to, to life. But mm-hmm. God was just touching in his particular area that he didn't want to let go of. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people who doubt don't want to let go of something, so they come at it with an agenda. And when they get that answer back from God, then that's where you really have a decision to make. Yeah. You almost have to think about what's the impetus for doubt in the first place. 
it's conflict with God, mm-hmm. right? If, if me and God, we agreed on everything, then I have no reason to doubt him. He's great. He's the best God right. ever. And I want to live my whole life for him because I am God essentially, right? So we have no, we have no disagreements. But at the end of the day, doubt starts with, I have a disagreement with God. So does God place a high enough spot of authority in my life that I would live his way rather than the way I want to live? So we have to recognize that there is just like anger is a secondary emotion. There is always something I think sitting underneath the doubt. And until we like identify what that is, we're probably not going to have a super fruitful journey with our doubt. Yeah. That mind of Christ, Paul talks about, let's all have that mind of Christ that as much as we can, let's keep moving to what he would be thinking about because then you can have agreement. Yeah. He actually wants that for us. Yeah. I think it's important to acknowledge what you just said about disagreement. I mean, I think that's, such a huge thing that I think there's this this idea that because I'm a Christian now my entire like I'm just all in and I'm never going to wrestle with these things again and that, that's just not true I mean the Bible's got so many examples Romans 7 comes to mind like I want to do this but I don't and I, I don't want to do this and I do and this warring inside of us what it's it's really important to be convinced that what God has given us is more important than mm. what I want. And if you're not convinced of that, it's going to be really easy to begin to suppress the scripture and, and distance yourself because ultimately it's what I want winning out over what God wants. Yeah. And even though, you know, we are followers of Christ who want what God wants as much as we can, there's this inner war going on and we have to decide, we have to be convinced that something else is more important than what I'm feeling. And it's a huge deal. And if you're not convinced, you're going to be very easily swayed. And I would probably go as far as to say, Landon, that if you haven't disagreed with God in a while, you're probably not following God. Right. (laughs) Right? Like, I think that is part of the, you see even Jesus's disciples who live these three years with him and they're bumping shoulders with him. They have all these like what did he just say? Like there is just this conflict to following Jesus because his way is always going to be different than the natural way we want to take. And so I do think as we grow and we mature in our faith, we begin in certain areas of our life to take his way over the way we used to take. But there will still be those areas that we bump up against him and there is that conflict. And we have to decide like, here's yet another thing for me to submit myself to you instead of um, taking the way that I would choose to. And I think when we have no disagreements with God, it gets back to that same issue. I'm really God. Right. Like I've made God in my own <laughs> image. Yep. And I've, I've decided what God cares about and doesn't care about. And conveniently, he cares about all the things I care about. And he doesn't care about all the things I don't yeah. care or about. Or we're so apathetic in our faith yeah. that we don't yeah. even take notice of where God's pushing on us. Yeah. So God is so distant that we're not even listening to him. Mm. So it seems like there's no arguments, but it's just because our faith is, is cold. Yeah, there's no fear of the Lord in the way that we yeah. live our life. Yeah. You ever open the Bible to read and it, it's like two verses in, you're like, oh, that was what, <laughs> I mean, immediate just conviction. You're like, yeah. okay, that's the closer we are to God, the more, you know, work that, heart work that we're going to need to do, I think. I think you're right. So. Yeah. Yeah, probably the uh, it seems like the more sinful you come to feel, the closer you get to God, the more yeah. unholy and unrighteous. That's why that but that's humility, a healthy thing. Yeah, that's why that humility yeah. comes with following him. Because yeah. you have a actually more accurate sense of yourself, the better you get to know him. Well, the scripture says, he who has been loved, forgiven much, loves much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. 
And that's, I think, that side where doubt can bring so much to our faith, right, is the whole process of if I come to the end of that doubt journey and I have a a realer understanding of who I am in contrast to Christ, um, then I will have greater humility going forward and greater grace for people who have doubts and questions as well. So even specific to doubt, I'll have this great grace that's there for that but I'll even have a better sense of who I am in contrast to Christ, which is in every way to my benefit going forward in my faith. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, fellas. Um, So here's, you know, kind of a a follow-up question to that. If we know that Jesus meets us in our doubts, I think about Thomas and Jesus shows up to him and, you know, and that's even another great example. Thomas gives his demands, right? Unless I touch the holes in his hand and on his side, like I won't believe. And, the moment he's real about his demands and he's not, you know, catfishing the disciples anymore to like, I might believe, I might believe. He's like, I'm going to need to see it and touch him. Then Jesus shows up, right? So when we know that Jesus shows up and meets people in their doubts and he also pursues strays, how should that impact the way, you know, this kind of these two sides of this Mending Fences series? One is we're fortifying our faith. The other is, though, we're going to kind of reestablish, rebuild some of these relationships with people who have left their faith. How does knowing that Jesus meets people in their doubts and that he goes after strays, how should that impact the way that we pursue people that have left their faith? Sorry, I gave you a long-winded no, setup. No, it's a, that's a great question. And that, that's something that, honestly, like I'm really trying to grow in right now because there's this whole, like, I mean, it seems like, you know, working in church for years, it's like people are just in and out, in and out, and it's like, it's hard, you know, and we are too, just even in our own following of Christ, just like, it seems like we're in for a season, we're kind of out for a season, and God's constantly uh, show, showing that grace toward us. It's it's kind of funny how sometimes we're so open to receiving it and not as open to giving it. Mm. And that this is this concept that you've seen, seen throughout Scripture, the prodigal son and, you know, the going and carrying the sheep back. It's like, this is what Christ has has shown us all throughout the Old Testament. You know, the Israelites are doubting God, and He just continues to show Himself faithful and faithful and faithful. And that's the example for for us to follow. I think too easily we we forget that just because somebody might be in a, in a season of doubt or in a season of separation does not mean their their story is over. You know, mm-hmm. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. I th- I think we should continually, relentlessly pursue until we can't anymore and that's something i'm trying to grow in and uh, it's you know it's hard but but that that's the example of scripture and that's the example we should we should follow yeah even the way we pursue people is interesting because even the pastor Todd was talking on the weekend in jude mm-hmm. that there's different kind of categories of people yeah and i look at the names on the list that i wrote out on that card and the people in my life that have walked away or are walking currently away they're all different categories yeah. And how we mm-hmm. approach them, I think, is is interesting. Because like Thomas, you know, Jesus, that was one of his guys. Stop disbelieving. I mean, he was in his face saying, you're one of mine. Stop that. You, yeah. And other people, he drew them in. And so I think it's understanding the, the kind of the crowd we're working with. Like looking at the names on your list saying, that, that person there, I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to try to ask questions. This person mm-hmm. here, I need to get in their face a little bit. This person here, I've got to, I've got to maybe give them some resources to look at, and maybe have them study or think about that more. So yeah. I think it's, it's like you're saying, I like that. Go for it, and then just go for it in a very personalized way, depending on where that yeah. person's at in their journey. 
Yeah, I was. I would say, you know, the awareness, the interpersonal awareness that it requires to pursue these people, um, because one, you have a heart for them to turn from their sin. Uh, I think that uh, the interpersonal awareness is one. I think. I think ultimately, again, we we come back to this understanding of humility that you're you're not going to change them, but you can be used mm-hmm. to change them. Mm-hmm. You can be used uh, to say a word to them that the Holy Spirit will bear fruit in their lives. But I think that, man, oftentimes I struggle with. I'm not the I'm not the person to pull this out of them. I might be, I might be a reminder. Mm-hmm. I might be, um, I might be just a caution sign or maybe a recurring sign. Uh, my wife and I, we we wrote out our list as well. You know what I mean? And we're thinking about these people and how we, we I mean, we still have a a relationship with these people. We see them or talk to them on a regular basis. They know what we do. They love us. They respect us. We respect them. But one of the things that that is always in the middle is the fact that, you know. Without Christ and this bond from Christ between us as believers that you've you once you know submitted to and you've tasted and seen is is Jesus and the fact that I come I see you and I think of Jesus mm. I, you know what I mean um, but but without that closeness and proximity or or in um in a like if if it's a regular ongoing relationship and you pull things out or you try to hold them accountable it could actually do the opposite effect. You know, because maybe in those times we're not we're not living in humility. We're we're living on like like I'm on a, I'm a, I'm a dog on a bone, and I'm gonna save you from your sin. It's not that at all, but it's to be prepared by the word, uh, and look out for those opportunities to to actually you know dive into these relationships and say, hey, listen, like we've been talking for this, we've been talking you know this deep for so long. Let let's get to something real because I w- I want to talk with you. You know what I mean? And having those relational chips with these people. Uh, are, are, is going to be the marker of if, if I'm if I'm supposed to actually give them resources because falling on deaf ears if, if it's been six months and, and I've walked away from the faith and Kurt's like Mikey read this article want you to read it want to know your thoughts I'm like all this guy wants to know is is my thoughts on something spiritual that I don't care about anymore but it would be upon Kurt to say I talk to Mikey every Monday I make it a point to text him I make it a point to, to let him know that I'm thinking of him and when he sends me this article, I'm more intrigued because I know that he cares for me and loves for me, loves me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that you know, I think again, the social emotional awareness, uh, and then uh, being equipped by the Word, rather than our own selfish desires, to know that the Holy Spirit's going to move in them and change them, not us, yeah. uh, and turn them from their sin. But if we can be used in that, that would be the biggest thing to emphasize or to focus on as, as Christian believers, as as people listening to the series and tracking along with us. It's, it's that when you are tied to the Word. When you are faithful to the word, uh, you'll understand how faithful God is to you. Uh, and then you'll be more aware of those opportunities when they come up to, to be used to help other believers turn from their sins. Well, there's a team approach. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. I was thinking just listening to you guys all talking right now, yeah. and processing if someone has even the spiritual gifts of a certain individual. Let's say you have a spiritual gift of discernment. Mm-hmm. Your place and your conversation in that person's life might be different than someone who has a gift of wisdom and knowledge, mm-hmm. which might be different than someone who has a gift of encouragement. And each of you, if you're spirit-led, get into that conversation with a wandering soul. And I think God supernaturally prepares us to, to influence them based on how he spiritually gifts us for those things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get us off the hook to no. say, oh, that's not my gift. But yeah. it does, I think, cause our efforts to be more supernaturally powered in someone's life because we're partnering with someone else, living out the strengths that we've been given by God. Yeah, yeah. And even at that, Kurt, I, I, I totally agree. Because uh, there's been people in our lives, and again, that we have relationships. However, even in proximity, some of our folks that, that are in ROA Costa Estrade, they live down the hill. 
So instead of us making these efforts to text them or call them every day, which we do on a weekly basis, we're, we're praying for the people that are in their lives now. Mm. We're praying for the people that are in their lives on a regular basis. You know, we pray for their oikos, if you will. Um, and again, what it does is it makes us play our role more and not everyone's role to a minimum. Yeah, yeah it kind of takes that pressure off, right? It takes the sense of, I need to save this person. Yeah. Oh, like, right, it's that great, you know, Kendrick Lamar line from this last album, mm. right? Braun made you give him his flowers, but he's not your savior. Yeah. And he goes down this list of all these people that have done great things, but they're not your savior. Yeah. And um, it takes that pressure off. Even on our YouTube channel, we've got this series going, Get Out of a Pick with Rick. And he, mm-hmm. um, in this great conversation with my dad, he, he talked to this last week about you kind of have to see yourself more as the great shepherd's like intern. When you see a sheep straying, like the first thing you do is you go and tell the great shepherd, like yeah. somebody's, somebody's leaving. And he's like, great, I'm on it. And then it takes a lot of the pressure off. It doesn't mean that there's no work for you to do. You're going to go with him and you're going to try Absolutely. to help and, yeah. you know, play your part. But at the end of the day, it, the great shepherd's on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have to disarm some of that. And I think even, you know, when I was listening to this message, it got me thinking about just even the context of those great parables back to back to back, right? Mm -hmm. Of the lost coin, the lost sheep, the prodigal son. And Jesus starts talking about those because he's talking to the Pharisees and he's really condemning them for why they suck. And they don't look intently like the woman does with a coin. They don't take the time. When somebody leaves, it's like, what can you do? And the woman, she takes the time and um, but then they are so safe and comfortable with the 99, they don't want to leave for the one. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not like the great shepherd who goes off and leaves for the one. And man, with the prodigal son, they're so much more like the brother uh, than they are like the father who mm-hmm. wants to bring them back in. They're like, what about me? Yeah. Um, so he points out kind of in those parables, all of these things that's wrong with the religious leaders. And man, anything that comes at the Pharisee's head ends up coming at my head as somebody who's grown up in the church mm. of things like, okay, I need to be mindful of that. Like, am I too apathetic when somebody leaves? Like that one hits me hard. Like mm. I'm not, I'm not like the woman with her coin when I see my friends trailing off on social media and they're going down these paths that I know don't lead their, their doubt that leads to unbelief. It's not doubt that's leading to faith. And yeah. am I diligent in sweeping after them? Am I, do I like to live in my comfort zone a little bit more than going after them? Um, or am I thinking predominantly about myself? I think those are some convicting, you know, accusations that Jesus wages against the Pharisees that we have to check in our own hearts as well. Pastor yeah. Todd really challenged us on that this last weekend with sharing a story about reaching out to somebody and this person saying back, thank you for reaching out. You're the only one that has. Mm-hmm. He's very clear. I'm not saying that for a pat on the back, but like, I just don't think we're as good at this as we should be. Mm. And the, the conviction for me is sitting there thinking like, well, how many people right now do I know that are, that are currently in this season? And and when's the last time I reached out? Mm. And I just, based on what you guys have said about, we're not the savior and we don't have to be. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not that hard to send a text message to somebody, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That's a burden I can bear. Like, yeah. and how often do I do that? Even just to say, how are you doing? And keep a relationship alive mm-hmm. and, and be a vessel to allow God to work. You never know when that person's going to hit you back with it. You know what? I was thinking about something. What do you think about this? Sure. You know, and then you have an opportunity. But if you don't keep a relationship alive, I don't think anyone really cares about what you think about God's word. Yeah. Because... Yeah. 
it's not there. So someday we probably have to write a book. How would Jesus shepherd in a digital age? Mm. Oh man, because at some point I agree with you. If they're friends, we can keep connected. But you could list hundreds of people in your life that you are loosely attached to, mm-hmm. and then you're like, well, "It's my responsibility." It's just fascinating to think that through. Yeah because it's, most of us have a threshold of relationships that we can manage. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting, that, that idea of shepherding or being that under-shepherd or the intern, mm-hmm. how do we do that in our world is, is fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Because some people have a, a higher threshold to maintain many relationships. Anyway. It's, and either it's, way, digitally, we're connected to more people than we could possibly correct. care for. Ever. Yeah. Right. I think just recognizing God has given me a burden to bear and, it, and it's not overwhelming. He's asked me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't have to shoulder the biggest bird. He's the great shepherd. He's the ultimate. He's the the Holy Spirit speaking to them, drawing them. He's just asked me to be there. You yeah. know, and that that's a burden I can bear, and that's a burden that that we should gladly and joyfully be stepping into because He's called us to that. Yeah. And rightfully understanding that is so helpful to. To, to keeping those things alive. So. Yeah, I think understanding that and in, in something Pastor Kurt said as well, knowing our giftings. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing our giftings comes from the confidence of knowing who we are in the eyes of Christ. We we rightfully and commonly consider our our relational bandwidth. Oh man, like that word bandwidth these days is so loaded, but it's like work bandwidth, social bandwidth, just all this bandwidth. The thing is, regardless of the relational bandwidth and, and the, the, the relationships that we're tied to in a micro way, like, oh, like I kind of know of him or, you know, um, I think that we're called to be who we are called to be by God. And I think that understanding our identity in Christ is paramount to us effectively administering to the body. Because I, I, think, of, I think of my role previous to being a campus pastor at Phelan, I think of my care role often. Uh, I can't turn it off. And my thing is, I, I take that approach of like, I can't turn it off. Um, but I think it's because I'm geared and I'm wired to care and love and shepherd people that way. Be it on the feeling campus mainly because I love those folks and I've been assigned to them. And at the same time, just HDC period and then and then the, the relational ripple effects beyond that. I'm not trying to minister to every single person. I'm trying to be who who I am. And when the folks reach out and when they finally, you know, like I think of I think of the prodigal son. I think of that story and the turning phrase in that story when he's eating with the pigs is that he came to his senses. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that phrase that, that Kurt would probably know the Greek, uh, that, that phrase literally switches the story from the servants in my father's house eat better than the than i am right now so that if, if he would have this understanding in a, in a split second have humility in his heart to say i'm just going to go back to my father and ask if i can work for him right if if i can just you know eat with his servants kind of thing and the minute his father sees him he goes running towards him you know it's like right. coming to your senses but it wasn't a matter it's not a matter of you know us as as, as people with relationships that have you know have drifted from the faith uh, ministering to all of them and being that savior. It's saying like, I'm playing my same role. Like, like Lennon said, like we're, I have a burden for this that I can carry. Yeah. And that burden is a connecting burden. It could, it could be a connecting to other resource burden. It can be those things. But as long as we're playing our role, confident in our gift set, confident in our identity in Christ, it's going to be used to edify the body. Yeah. Well, the, the, and the stronger the relationship, the stronger the accountability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is I think in our world of digital life, we have lots of connectivity but there are strong relationships we have. And if those people are the ones that are doubting or walking away, I think that's, in my view, at least how I framed it. If I have a strong relationship, I need that strong engagement with them. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm going to be firmer or harsher, but I mean, I'm going to take it at a level that I'm going to own it because probably I'm the best person suited to be in their life right now. Yeah. yeah. 
the yeah, lower comments the, on Instagram aren't the place for the that. Place. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we have people even in the Christian, you know, world worldwide who have walked away, even key leaders. I'm not going to go on to the, and feel like I'm going to solve their theological quandaries by mm-hmm. me making a post here saying, hey, you call me, I want to talk to you. There's no relationship there. But when there's someone in our own 8 to 15, our own relational world that walks out and, wow, I know them, they're actually a tight friend, I think our accountability goes up mm. to be engaged at super high levels. Yeah. Mm. I think that's, to me, that has been the eye-opening, the beauty of the relational world vision is just like... <laughs> There are certain people that's like that's my that's my responsibility, yeah. and not that I'm trying to pawn off responsibility, but just having that close relationship with somebody just makes such a difference on how you approach it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like going back to what I was saying earlier, we can't carry the burden of everybody. Yeah. yeah, but there's somebody in your life that you can, and that's the purpose of that prayer card. Somebody in your life that you can make a difference in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I can't. That yeah. you can't, yeah. but for all these people, there's somebody you can make a difference. Absolutely. You can keep that alive. Yeah, and that's the challenge, and that's a great challenge to go with this series, right? To list some of these people because um, with a with a low view of the spirit, we're going to become the people who need to make other people come to their senses, mm-hmm. right? We take on the spirit's job. It's my job to make you come to your senses because yeah. I don't really believe that the Holy Spirit could do it. When I have this high view of the spirit, it's like. I get to be in this partnership with this very winsome, far more woo than I could ever have. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is yeah. going to bring you to your senses. I'm praying and I'm through being connected to the Spirit, I'm going to play my part. And um, that card, just the same way that it works with Oikos, when we begin listing those people, mm-hmm. it just ups the intentionality of those relationships. Yeah. Whether it's like a pretty fringe relationship that we know of them and they're on our card, and I just might be praying for them more mm-hmm. regularly than I ever was. Um, but if it's a close relationship, I can't help but be intentional to be mindful. Um, because when you begin listing and praying, it just starts to shape your heart in the yeah. way that you interact with them. So it's been a great challenge to go with this series. Yeah. And I appreciate your guys' perspectives. It's been an encouraging conversation to me. And I hope it's been encouraging to you as well. And uh, as always, uh, don't forget to like the video, maybe share it with a friend. And uh, we'll have these coming out throughout the whole series. So you can uh, actually go to our website and upload a question, and we'll take on some of your questions in coming weeks as well. So we'd love to do that. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe uh, so that you get updates about future videos as well. Uh, We'll see you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.